Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. folks for tonight's episode i am super excited uh listeners if you ever have that moment where somebody puts out into the world hey i'm gonna make a thing and then you go i can't believe this this is exactly what i needed in my life and then you listen to it and you're like holy shit this is better than i ever expected um this is one of those people for me they uh made a podcast that i really really love that we're going to talk about but yeah if you'd like to introduce yourself uh hi everyone i am cj and i am the Co co creator of th one of three pe one of three people behind the Blurt of Mouth podcast, uh, where podcasts where black nerds talk black nerd shit. It's it's so good, it's so good. Um, but we will save um how great that is for a little bit down the line. Where I always like to start is how did you get into nerd stuff in general? Ooh, uh, I guess um when it comes to nerd stuff one of the first memories that i have is so uh, i live like really close to philadelphia uh and so my mom kind of works up like when when i lived with her she worked like up near somewhere in the city uh mm -hmm. and i would go to work with her sometimes and i don't remember how i would get these but one of my earliest like nerd memories is for some reason having these spider-man comics uh, mm. to keep me entertained whenever I would be at work with her. And yeah. I just remember kind of, cause there was like a little room with a little TV that was like barely functioning and it was cable. And I just remember consistently going into that room and reading and rereading these Spider-Man comics. So, yeah. and, and I'm not much of like a Marvel person, but like that was mm -hmm. my first experience of something that was like cool and supernatural and heroic and, all of the many things and right. since then it's just been uh i'm sure a lot of people can relate to the experience of like being a tv watcher growing up so like yeah. i just consumed so much nerd media on tv after that and, it, yeah. and it's and even outside of nerd stuff just like funny things that people probably wouldn't think of a nerd thing like that's so raven and just mm. like really taking in that like you know, we don't have to be sad or yeah. uh, people for this little for this for this half an hour. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean the um, especially cartoons. Like you spend all day. It seems like at school, and then you come home, and it's like, all right, let's watch some cartoons. You know, play outside, whatever. Um, but it is you know that escapism early on, and I think that escapism is, is really actually a, a good thing. Um, especially now in a world where like, you don't even want to be in your head all day. Cause that's just, it's <laughs> a lot yeah. to deal with no matter who you are. That's a lot to deal with, uh, in the world we live in now. So 
unfortunately. <laughs> yes, escapism is my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> and when I'm not escaping, I'm angry, but like in a, in a fun way, you know, just yelling yeah, about yeah. something. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so did you like keep on with comics um, after that or did they kind of fall off? Hilariously enough, no, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a part of it, like I – What's one of those things where, like, especially even now, like, I mean, I can go on the internet and find something, but for majority of my life, I don't know. I still wouldn't know where I would go and get like a comic book or, or like where I lived. Um, it like the area I lived, like some south central Pennsylvania, uh, before I moved closer to Philadelphia. Like, I, I would either need a car to go find something that sold comic books or I would have to vigorously search, but I didn't have time for that. So like yeah. just, I wasn't one to keep up with it. I, I There was always a fun little store that I rode by that would sell like Yu-Gi-Oh cards that like, mm. for some reason I was always too afraid to ask my mom, can we go there? Uh, <laughs> so I just kind of stuck to my escapism and TV. Yeah. Uh, when it, with what I had. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I'm. I don't know how old you are, but I, you know, what were like the cartoons like when you were younger? Uh, I grew up just to, for frame of reference. I grew up like when watching like '90s cartoons, like the X Men and the old Batman uh, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, 25. So, okay. uh, so I'm 25, which puts me at a fun little reference point of things that are on TV. So yeah. I have a, a pretty. It's so interesting because I like. And I am a TV kid, so I end up having like memories of things like, um, like the earlier Batman stuff, like mm-hmm. not the super old, but like, uh, basically almost every form of Batman show, except for maybe, except maybe because it didn't stay on, like maybe not the first animated series or like the yeah. second one, but like, uh, things like, uh, like Full House were constantly on TV or like, mm-hmm. um, what is the one I literally was talking about family matters. Yeah. So I have like this fun little intersection of like, here's a good chunk of nineties things, especially cause I watch TV yeah. and then you get like the ridiculous stuff like Ben 10 on cartoon <laughs> network or yeah. whatever Nickelodeon decided to start pushing on TV after they fell off in the mid two thousands. TV got weird. TV uh, did get weird. It really did. Um, and I think it's why, like, uh, so many uh, people who are born in the late '80s, uh, early '90s, are like so elitist about our television because it's like, you know, we remember seeing X Men, and then like kids later down the line was like fucking SpongeBob, and I'm like, it's not the same. You're not watching the same TV that I was watching. No, not at all. <laughs> Even like, Batman Beyond, which came later, was like still. It was a really cool show for me as a kid. Batman Beyond is weird and I love it. <laughs> and it never gets talked about enough. <laughs> like just straight up Terry McGinnis, the edgy, like 20 something year old Batman that yeah. like I feel like the one, I'm upset that the Robert Pattinson Batman isn't Terry McGinnis. That's a good uh, point. God, I, I genuinely thought it was going to be, and it and it's not. Uh but t- TV did get weird, especially things that I like because I my mom or like I had my mom had a friend that would always tell me, Oh, you're going to grow out of watching like cartoons. And I like a part of me was like, maybe I will. And now I'm 25 and I still have not grown out of watching these things. Like someone had a Twitter thread. Someone uh, had a Twitter thread the other day and it was like, I'm running out of cartoons to watch. And I like threw five on that <laughs> thing immediately. And I was like, when did I, and I've only watched them in like the last two years. I was like, when did I, accrue this knowledge or stop accruing this knowledge right yeah you know it's interesting like um you know kind of i don't know if it's like reclaiming it or just like uh whatever but like especially for me um uh you know because i'm 33 but you're talking about like living close or being kind of not being around like comic book stores like i live by one and i literally will only go in there to like look for dice or uh game books and then i'll like usually travel to a different game store um after that but just like the closest one so it's convenient but i never go in there for comics and i now am like i'm you know it's a great time to do it um because i don't have a ton of free time but when i do like i love that artwork i love the visual medium of it and um books in general and reading the stories and stuff so uh but then i just feel also like you really got to invest Yes. Or just don't talk about it. You just got to pretend like you don't read it or you got to really invest. (laughs) 
because I don't want to deal with other people being like, wow, did you read this? Oh, you know, go back, <laughs> go back to the seventies and read like it's, I do not think it is possible anymore for folks to consume like the entirety of the, like of a comic media, especially not anymore. And I think at this point, just pick something up and roll with it and hope that like awful internet trolls don't say words to you. Yeah, or just don't talk about it. Or just don't talk about <laughs> That's it. That's my I, introverted I, path. Just like, just don't bring it up. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. As you, as you know, yeah, as I, I know. cannot not talk about <laughs> the things that I watch. I am. I sit at this fun little precipice of being very hypercritical of the media that I watch, but also yeah. like also just sitting there like brain off, enjoying it. Like, wow, look at this silly little story. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, when it comes to like, especially visual media. I, I will definitely be like, I'm just entertained. Like, this is not the best film I've ever seen. It's not even like the plot line has a lot of plot holes. But I'm just having fun watching it. And there's been a lot of times on your show that you guys have been like, well, I mean, it was fun watch though. Like, it wasn't like, but there's yeah. all these XYZ problems. And I, up until recently, a few years back, I started listening to or watching YouTube videos of like people doing film critique. Like, uh, Cosmonaut Variety Hour is a big one, um, which has a, a, a black... Um, post uh cool and uh and yeah and so like and he's like hyper critical about a lot of this stuff and i was like damn i didn't even think about it that hard uh you know and i'm like well mm. it was still entertaining uh, yeah, like I said, <laughs> that's, a, that's what matters at the end of the yeah. day like that's my belief yeah um you have to really fuck something up for me to be like that upset about something and there's things out there that make me that send me into a blind rage of media like i made a video today about how like i cannot sit i i have i have trouble consuming superhero media Mm. hilariously enough uh because of the the way that like they do tropes and whatnot and like especially the way in which like my (laughs) my friend dare uh has the expression that the rest of us have taken over called blowing up the baby factory. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always how like the villain or the antagonist is like doing something that probably makes sense to most people. Like, like, like if it was like, like, like when they take leftist ideas, as if it was like the black Panthers or something Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God. Yeah. Of course people should like be able to do the things that they want, or maybe we should have social programs, (laughs) but they're blowing up a baby factory and it's like (laughs) and it's these things are never (laughs) never like the thing the bad thing that they do is never um correlated to their ideologies and it makes me so upset because it basically is a a, i usually think it's on purpose i tend to think people just are re recycling the stuff that they might have seen or like how are we going to make this person bad but it makes me so upset because it basically like de-platforms and makes like light or waters down leftist ideologies or things that are very important and critical to the framework of especially basically like people of color usually yeah and they just get away with doing it all the time and i'm like please (laughs) (laughs) you know i thought about that similarly um because i watch a lot of stuff with my kids uh my kids are all under four years old so uh we watch like i've seen Encanto 25 times um easily I watched it this morning um, and <laughs> before they went to school. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where I've like, I look at that and I, with a critical eye can be like, okay, yeah, like some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. And it's like, are you writing it so it doesn't make sense because you think like, well, little kids don't give a shit or are you just not that good at writing it? You know? <laughs> never know. And, and I'm just, because it's like, there, I don't think that there's any reason that, like one, most kids aren't even going to pay attention to the plot regardless, whether it's written well or bad. Mm. So like, why not just write it well to where shit makes sense, you know? Um, but it just seems like, especially when it comes to like Disney movies and, and Pixar, and of course, like just talk of like, they have that formula to like make you cry, works every time, fuck you guys. <laughs> but like also, I don't know, like it just seems like you could clean it up and it, you would still have a fantastic movie. Yes. Yes, literally so, every yeah. time. Usually, what I find is usually the problematic parts of media are never implemented in there for any good reason. Yeah, and I never like I, I always find myself asking the question, "Why is this here? Yeah. You literally just could have taken this out, and we would be fine." Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's well, similarly like everybody's favorite um, 
uh, villain, uh, Killmonger, right? Like, oh yeah. I mean, up into a point, we all were like, yeah, I don't see an issue. But it's like it's it's so weird that he goes from like, okay, we don't need to hide anymore. Like we can, you know, to being like, I'm gonna go kill the world now. Yeah. Like, what? When did that switch? Just to make him like to make uh black panther want to fight him you know like i just don't i don't get it (laughs) not doesn't make a lick of sense because like i've I've seen people genuinely because we we always like oh yeah killmonger was right but i've seen people genuinely get upset about the fact that like wakanda is wrong (laughs) (laughs) like they they're they're genuinely very wrong for the seclusion aspect Mm -hmm. that they're going for and it's like there's so much suffering and i've like and i and when i first saw someone say that i was like Yay! Like me doing small yeah. claps, like finally, yeah. like I'm, I'm very happy to see this. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot, lot of things, so many things, and it, and it never makes sense to me because I'm like, you're making these movies for adults. Why is it? Yeah, it's just wild. Like it just, I don't know. Um, it's very interesting to see like the things that come out that just like never, um, you know, they certainly they get edited right because somebody approved the shit, but it's just, oh yeah. Um, you know, but I think as a society, we also do a bad job of just being like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. You know, yeah. that's all they're listening to is like, what are the dollars telling us? Okay. Mm. Keep making this shit. Like you're mad at Marvel for making a formula, but we keep watching Marvel movies. Keep watching Marvel. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're to blame basically. So I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, when did, when did TTRPGs come into your life? Oh, uh, I, t- I think it's been about four years now. Okay. Um, when I was in college, when I was a sophomore, like a sophomore junior in college, I had my, f- my first dungeon master who I happened. It was funny. Cause I like met her at a, a training. Cause I was an RA. Mm. I met her at a training. Um, and she was dating a, like another coworker of mine on the team, but I like, didn't know that. So it was really funny. Yeah. So I like met her out of nowhere. And I think I said something sad, like, man, I just really want some friends. Cause <laughs> I don't know. I was feeling lonely or something. Yeah. And she like, she, she heard that and she was like, that's really sad. Hey, you want to be in my D and D campaign? <laughs> And I was like, nice. sure, I've never played before. Yeah. And basically for two, two or three years, D was my hyperfixation, just yeah. completely uh absorbed my life. And and it's fine. I like D D. Uh, but since the pandemic hit and fo- I me staying in my house for the most part, yeah. uh, and finishing I was finishing out grad school too, because I ended up going to the same school okay. back, like I a double alum basically. Uh I just kind of played that D D campaign, finish it off, like started some things of my own and was like, okay, this like D D stuff is cool. Like I have my own campaign. I'm still running like a different variation of a my first campaign that I ran mm-hmm. that fell apart. Uh, and I said, uh, and then eventually I got like sick of it, like, or like I wasn't getting the, I wasn't, it, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of like Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Yeah. And I didn't quite know what to do. Cause I, I, the only, I was on like TikTok and the only stuff that I was hearing was like, like D and D TikTok is just this huge little thing. that's <laughs> big little community, uh, and yeah. I like was just a consumer for the majority of literally, I guess the entirety of the pandemic, like what's still going on. So like the year into the first year and a half into COVID. And then I said, um, and then eventually I think I started, I like left and I started doing some other things or I joined uh, a server that uh, a, a team, I guess. Uh, I don't really know what to call it, but we had a group, a streaming group. Uh, called ephemeral force okay. and they're still kind of active but it's like a lot of things have happened and folks are taking breaks so it's not as active as it was anymore but when i joined ephemeral forest i had started co- having conversations with more content creators and talking about things that weren't D or like playing these games that i had no idea about and um and i was like oh this is interesting like i don't know much about these things and then uh phase two of the hyperfixation of ttrpgs jumped in and then since basically 
not March. Yes, actually, since basically March, since I started making TikTok videos and joined like the forest at the same time, which is actually how I ended up joining the forest because I started making content because I had things to say and I didn't know what to do anymore. I was like, I guess I'll just start making videos. And then one video about an owl bear later. Now I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, were, were you like aware of it at all in high school or D&D? Younger? Like, uh, yeah. I, you hear about D and D, um, mostly as, uh, especially with being born mid nineties to two thousands, you hear a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but like only in for in like satirical form, like oh D and D nerd things, and like nobody actually would know what it actually is. <laughs> We're like we hear about this thing, <laughs> yeah. and people make fun of it on TV all the time, uh, but like no one tells you really what it is, or you don't understand it until you sit down. So yeah, kind of, yeah. but never until college. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's super interesting. I I think, you know, what you're talking about is something that I found with a lot of folks now, like being a part of the TTRPG space of just like D and D's fine, but like, I want to try something else. Um, what, what is it uh, exactly? Do you feel like it was just burnout on the system specifically, or do you just feel, cause you kind of talked about like it not meeting everything you needed from it. I, what was it? What was that through? I talk about this a lot recently because it's something that I can reflect on because I now am able uh, to go back to D and D and play it now, especially that I have a campaign. I basically do it once every two two weeks. Um, yeah, D and D for me. <laughs> I have. I actually almost gave up on D and D, but that was for way separate reasons of like the weird amounts of racism things that they weren't fixing until mm-hmm. basically earlier this month or last month. So good job, yeah. Wizard of the Coast. Only took you like six years. Uh, Fucking yeah. Uh, but outside of that, um, I was playing with a lot of the same people. So that was one big issue of like, okay. I was getting a lot of repetition. And like, there's only so far that you can kind of go unless like everyone is really active about like creating a lot of more diversity. And something that's yeah. bled into the way that I play and the way that I create TTRPGs now is the fact that I despise 80 to 90% of like, the way that dungeon mastering or game mastering kind of functions on the way that games are played. And that was like really burning me because it can be very limiting for a lot of players. If like, that's not the way that your DM has situated the table and it can be a lot of work on the dungeon master to create literally everything that is necessary for that. Because it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing because the way that like I was finding myself playing with the same group of people and even sometime, not as much as now, but with that group of people um, was that when you interact with as a player, you're interacting with the world, but also trying to like push certain things that you really want. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's like the DM becomes a checkpoint at that point. And it's so yeah. interesting because it's like, well, why don't we just take away the checkpoint? Well, which is basically GMless games. Like, why don't we all sit down? Because I was always saying, "Oh, D and D, you're sitting down and creating a story with your friends," but like, <laughs> really, everyone's just taking turns writing a page, and the DM is like throwing in like 10, 15 pages at a time, and then it's like, "Okay, here's your turn," and it was like yeah. getting really exhausting because it was like, it meant that I would either have to be the DM and also allow for like loads of creative things or basically be the the the, the entire framework We're like all right everyone yeah. show up for the week all right you can leave now and then i like granted i like sitting at my computer and typing 15 pages at a time of like things that maybe don't matter that's genuinely fun to me uh but it's not yeah. the same to me as creating some genuinely creating something with everyone has equal measure and like weight and pull within creating a story yeah no i yeah i think that's really good it it does it does uh point to um a lot of stuff like the inherent issues that come with that because i agree like you know there is a lot of talk about you know who's the storyteller um who does x y and z and and all those things and i think for i think for some dms if not many dms it's it is about like you know 
enjoying the world building, enjoying, you know, facilitating rules and things like that. Um, but I think that also some GMs are just the person who got forced to be the GM and are stuck being a GM because they're the ones that know the rules the most, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and so you have, um, kind of both of those situations. So yeah, there's definitely, uh, so much room, um, to change those things. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like, because I, I, as a, as a die, I love the D20. I think it's just fun to roll. Um, I love the range on it. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't like, I don't want to get away from D20 games, but I also don't love everything about Pathfinder 2E, um, or D and D and Pathfinder 2E is my game of choice for those two, uh, which, and I love the system more than I love D and D, but there's a lot of those same problems that you're talking about are still inherent in both of those games because it's the same SRD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, so it's it's one of those things like I totally get it, and I I, I think it, that's what's great about whatever's happening in the world right now, where there's just like thousands of people just being like, "Hey, look, we're making games and putting them out on itch." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's just like cool. You have a variety now of a bunch of cool shit you can mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and it's. I it's so beautiful to me. I just love I love looking looking up a game and seeing like I don't I don't know what's going on here, but I'm gonna find out. Yeah, yeah, it's so awesome. Um, one of the other things that you kind of talked about, you had mentioned like the inherent race issues and stuff in D anD. d How long do you like? How long did it take for you to like realize that? Do you think? Um, there have been moments of my playing D and D that like for the most part, like all of the DMS that I've had have been pretty good about like broad general things, like awesome people, yeah. uh, love them to death. I'm going to be playing with them again, like in two weeks. Cause they called me back for like a guest appearance for something for a home game. Yeah. So, I, but there's moments in which that have always like kind of been reddish, yellow, orange flags for me in terms of like things that are <laughs> happening because um, I was playing the one thing that like stands out to me that like I have I joke with my friend a lot about. She's she's like you did, did like you did messing around with Asian culture. Basically, um, he was never super bad about anything, but he carbon copied, um, he carbon copied like um a samurai movie, and like used mm-hmm. it for his campaign, which then uh okay. lined up with the samurai subclass for D and D. And it okay. would be so easy for me as someone not paying attention or like doing something to like attempt to redo like harmful Asian stereotypes. And I think even when mm. I was at sitting at the table for a moment, I like did something that like didn't feel right. And I was like, I'm not doing yeah. like that voice. No, like that's not proper. Um, and I was like so yeah. nervous cause we had like someone of Asian descent at the table, but like it's like, it ended up not even being a thing, but it was one of those things where I realized, Oh, there's things in D and D that lend itself to really problematic or harmful actions that I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have even like most people probably wouldn't even be thinking about, um, if I hadn't maybe, I don't know, listened to some people on the internet or started going in too deep or just ignoring certain stuff like alignment. Um, yeah. And and basically, like, one thing leads to the other. You hear someone talk about something else and you start snowballing. And then, like, you're like, why are Dark Elves evil? That's kind of weird. <laughs> What's going <laughs> yeah. on there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it yeah, it's it's interesting, like, the um you know how it kind of pulls you in you don't and i mean but i I think similarly like i definitely experienced the same thing with video games of like playing a game and being like this game is so much fun but like i've not seen a single person of color Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah how is this possible um yeah i'm looking at you witcher three um but you know (laughs) i just you but then it's like they supplement you know people of color with something else like oh don't worry like you'll still get oppressed people who are mistreated for their <laughs> race or whatever like we'll still give you that like you'll still be able to relate to somebody it's just not <laughs> you just won't see somebody uh yeah. color. um it's, it's so bad but yeah i i, I am uh, i mean it's fascinating um and it's and it's good to see some of those changes that are coming now um you know still a lot like i talked about on a stream with give me the loot um 
about like even the name monk as a class like still is insane to me that it's like just keeps passing <laughs> editing all like just fucking change it like it's one your your deity has nothing to do with yep. your monastic tradition right um you're literally just saying monk because shaolin monks and they use martial arts and like you know and there's still a lot of that stuff that i think is is very orientalist like stuff that's just built into the class itself like when you could just say like take all of that off like you fight with your hands and feet and whatever you can still get all the other stuff that you're getting and we just don't have to call it something that doesn't make sense like culturally <laughs> um linguistically like none of it it's just yeah just yep, move on yep. yeah yeah wild <laughs> so many issues um but yeah so uh you know how how did you get to um my favorite podcast blurred of mouth how did this happen uh after i ended up creating on literally like i think i was just on tiktok for a while I, I, which is funny because i'm a much more twitter oriented person now but after yeah. I made some videos for a while and started having like more mutuals and having more conversations about things and realizing maybe I probably shouldn't keep dominating the conversations at 3 a.m. about weird niche things <laughs> that are happening, on, like that I just watched a movie on. Um, yeah. I, one of my, so Oleander, dearest stray nerd boy, has been mm. one of my favorite creators, um, like small, medium sized creators on TikTok for a long time. Um, and he ended up following me after, as I said earlier, like an owl bear thing, like one random video that TikTok decided yeah. to let people see. Um, and he followed me and I was like, this is really cool. And then like someone else, like another person who I'm still friends with now, like cleric 34 followed me. And I'm like, I started making these mutuals and like interacting more on a internet community basis with these same people and having these tiktok based conversations like i make this one video about this thing and you make this other video about this thing and then we swap and kind of talk to each other um yeah. once there came a point after i graduated grad school after i graduated with my master's again where i was like unemployed but also still making content where basically a lot of the ways in which I interact with like my interests, um, education is always going to be rooted in either bettering myself or making sure that it's educational or growth oriented. And I said yeah. to myself, man, I talk about how TTRPG shouldn't be racist and how like some certain medias exists that maybe shouldn't or should have some fixes but i don't i'm not finding myself consuming i'm not talking i'm not walking the walk as much yeah. as i would like to so i slid in all the under cms and i said hey bud you want to do a podcast about uh you want to do a podcast about like black characters like black media and he said yeah and i was like all right i'll get back to you in a month um and i <laughs> and i found Cass because me and Cass were both in the forest and basically mm. blurred of mouth for me exists as a way to continually consume the medias that I claim to care about or continually yeah. push and promote the things that matter to me because it's one thing to consistently get online and be all passionate about stuff and then like go and watch something like all white and not appreciate the things that I claim to but it's another thing to actively engage with the media see what maybe is harmful what might be better or just enjoy something that exists because what well, it's out there like the yeah. media is out there the people the actors are out there the stories as aren't as out there as i would want them to be but the stories <laughs> are out there and i wanted to i wanted to make that be the focus of the way in like the way that i either create or talk about yeah no i yeah i love that i um like i said it was something that i didn't even know i needed and um i remember i remember you had posted something like before the podcast had even dropped you're like hey in a few weeks i'm making this podcast about this thing and then i was like 
this sounds amazing. I need to like bookmark this, flag it, something. Um, and I think I might have went, I might have went and just subscribed or like followed the podcast. I think you guys had it up before, yep, yeah, <laughs> before it actually dropped. Yeah, and so I was like able to go on there and and follow it, and then, um, you know, going through like my Monday, like okay, yeah, let's see what other podcasts I've listened to on Mondays, and then I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is that one, and then I and I was just like immediately just like. This is start awesome. your week with the Yeah, it was. <laughs> please do, and yeah, and then and then I was just upset because it was like two, two weeks, weeks before I got another episode. <laughs> um, but I completely understand. Um, you know, Kess has a lot of work. Shout out to God, O Cookie. She has um, so many things on her plate. Yeah, she she always keeps it real and supports my show, and I love that. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it's it's uh, it's it's so good. Um, you know what was like. Cause you kind of talked about like the process of it. Um, what was kind of what set up the way that you guys do the show now? Cause let's say, I mean, for those who don't know, go ahead and kind of give a description of what blurred mouth is. Go listen to it. After this, this <laughs> Please do. Uh, First of all. <laughs> uh, just a little point of thing that maybe people don't realize you don't necessarily have to be black to listen to blurred of mouth. It's really just about us ex- like enjoying things um, and focusing on our own experiences. So if that's something that maybe has been stopping you, uh, don't let it go listen to people of color, black people, especially. Yeah. Uh, but what blurred of mouth uh, the, the structure, I guess, of flirt of mouth. Um, to answer the question, first of all, it's trial and error, I guess, in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, we did that. not know what we were doing when we started. We like, I reached out to one person that I knew, uh, Kess, yeah. because she was yeah. doing loyal traditions, which I hadn't realized. Or I said something about in the forest, like, I want to do a podcast. Does anyone know how to start this? And she's, she's like, she hopped on the opportunity. She's like, yeah, this sounds cool. Like, let me help you. And I was like, I'll pay you. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to what we what we do on an episode, basically – because we said, well, which is funny because it's the same three categories that exist. Uh, and it, it kind of sit the, the way that an episode functions is the pillars in which I wanted Blade of Mouth to be about. Because I, because I, because mm-hmm. we both, me and Olander were like, me only and Cass, I should say, because she is literally in, she's been in every step of the creative process that I was like, Cass, I'm literally putting, because I, I would have one half of Blade of Mouth on my Twitter. And I said, Cass, I'm putting one third on here and you better put it on yours. Um, <laughs> Because we we were like we that. know a lot of we we know a handful of black characters and media, uh, we we mm. want to integrate that like let let's figure out a way to put that and then we said but we also want to keep like finding and consuming black media which happens to be the yeah. uh, the unknown characters per episode right. uh, and then we said uh, and then I said I I fully take credit for this one because I was like I want to have fun um, <laughs> and not just be stuffy in a in our own individual rooms and say something let's let's make some predictions let's because we're both I was like we both know things we've consumed enough black media to know like they're gonna try and they're gonna fuck this character they're gonna fuck over this character like (laughs) like that would the the prediction fully exists as the the homage to uh, they're they're gonna fuck up his hairline and give him trauma like or like like, this is we know it's coming (laughs) let's hope we're wrong let's hope we're wrong um yeah. So the so the episodes go uh, a known character. Hey, this is some things that we just enjoy and want to talk about. Like we've watched this in our youth. Uh, homage to us as individuals. Uh, an unknown character. We've spent X amount of time researching and watching this to see what it's like to make sure they don't fuck this up. And the third aspect of make sure you go watch the next episode because we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about this thing that we don't even know is correct like here's some yeah. off off the wall shit that probably isn't true uh have some fun with have some fun with us at the end of the episode and see how correct we are next episode yeah i love your script pitches for for those characters <laughs> By the way you set it up, um, like the Genlock one, God. Um, always sets me. Um, yeah, thanks for friends me from watching that. No, sure. literally, yeah. Um, don't, <laughs> hey, everyone, don't go watch Genlock. Uh, it, better yet, yeah. go watch, go listen to Blurred of Mouth episode like three or four about how much we hate Genlock, and then don't mm-hmm. go watch Genlock. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I love it. And then so um, we're in kind of uh, intermission now um, with the season. And then season two will be starting soon. Um, but you guys are going to have some changes. Yes, right? uh, because who needs to be the same? Uh, we. <laughs> That's why I don't have seasons. So I exactly. Can do you do what you do. You. It's a good. It's a good. Don't don't fix what ain't broken. Um, Thank you. So I, we, well, you would know. So our first, our first yeah. guest was Amelia Sam, uh, who mm-hmm. isn't a woman, but you know. Uh, knows it, the sentences are going to make sense as I speak. Um, I sat down after our second or third recording and I said, Cass Oleander, I want a black woman or someone like gender diverse on our podcast. Literally. I know I am. I know I don't identify as a man, but God, when they listen to our podcast, it's two dudes shooting shit. Like I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. replicate the Joe Rogan podcast. Like we need to get, <laughs> we need to get some femme energy on this podcast. Who's I want a guest uh, to kind of wrap up the season. And they, and we like yeah. talked a little bit and we were like, how about Amelia? And then Amelia said, yes, like very quickly. And I was like, okay, like I, Amelia is another, there's <laughs> another person who I watched on TikTok and then, ended up becoming mutuals on Twitter or something like this is so cool. This is so exciting and still love that episode to this day. But after that, I said, well, that was fun. Like who, why does word of mouth just need to be, just need to be us. Something that is also a strong thing that we believe about word of mouth or even like stuff like content and like black content is that it needs to be community based or, there needs to be a community aspect. And I said, well, what if we bring um, more guests on or do a few guest episodes like in the future, um, which was ended up being me flying way too close to the sun because way more people <laughs> agreed than I expected. I genuinely thought I was going to post a tweet, get like five people, and then like move on about my day and have a few little side blurt of the hour uh, sessions. Nope. 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 <laughs> it just kept more likes, more retweets. Um, I was like, I, and I kind of saw it happening like five minutes after I posted it. So I made a little Google form and put it under the original tweet. And I was like, the introverts are going to find this. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up having like 17 confirmed 17 or like basically 20 people. Uh, confirmed and as a, for for like two yeah. days i was stressing because i was like this is so many people and i don't want to say no to these people and i want them <laughs> i want more cool nerds on blurred of mouth like it, it, we have to do this so the structure of our second season basically or because i i have to figure out how i'm gonna like literally physically situate it for like like <laughs> yeah podcast uh releases uh, but we're going to technically have weekly episodes where um, after Black History Month, after Black History Month, uh, we have four, because it's weekly, we have four uh, blurts, black nerds uh, premiering on the show. And then after that, um, after Black History Month, sometime in March, our first episode, our first official episode, which you will be a part of, our first yeah. <laughs> our first official episode uh, will air for our next season because we're also recording like the first or second official episode sometime in February. Um, mm-hmm. And then from weekly, it's going to after once March hits, it's going to go blurred of the hour for a week, blurred of mouth uh, content episode, and then it's going to. Uh, alternate that's the word i'm looking for it's gonna alternate yeah no i i love that obviously i'm super excited um yeah it's it's so cool to see uh the black nerd community um you know one of the things that similarly uh as this was coming up because i it's i got really crazy about my scheduling and like reaching out Mm -hmm. to people uh for the show to the point where i was like Two months in, and I was already like booked out two, three months at yeah. a time, um, which was awesome. Um, but it was also like, okay, this is kind of crazy. And then, but there was a certain point where I was like, okay, I think it was like maybe like mid October. I was like, no matter what, all the episodes in February are going to be black yep. people. 
And as I started getting closer, I was like, yeah, but I don't want it to just be like one chunk of four. So I was like, okay, I just want to surround this. And then so it's now like an eight week, <laughs> yeah. like two months straight of just black guests. <laughs> and I'm, I just love, I'm so excited. But it's like, you know, growing up where I grew up in a place that there's not a ton of black people, like I don't have other black nerd friends in my vicinity. Um, to me, this is amazing. Like this is one of the greatest feelings in the world to be able to have all these amazing creators and um, just wonderful people to be like, we're communicating, we're talking about stuff we love, where, you know, black joy is prevalent. Um, and uh, yeah, and, you know, just a big celebration of, of what we got going on. So. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm so excited for the new format. I'm excited that it's going to be weekly because uh, literally like that's the one thing I was just so <laughs> upset about. You took your um, advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, the structure of the show, I love. Um, like I said, you and Oleander have such great chemistry. Uh, that dynamic is so much fun to listen to. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody to listen to it. One question I am curious about, because you're talking about all the people that responded. Were there any white people who responded to the Surprisingly, <laughs> no. I almost there's like well, I don't know who opened it, so I can't I can't tell who opened the thing. Okay. Um, that's right. yeah. But what the first question of the like the Google form that I made was uh feel this is necessary to ask are you black one of the options was no and one of the other options was kind of yeah nobody nobody answered no or kind of yeah i was a little sad i was like nobody entertained my nonsense <laughs> yeah i i am honestly surprised um but no i i think it, i think it's so cool uh <laughs> yeah Definitely. it's gonna be great um Oh, I was going to say, what's interesting is like last week, this week, I don't know, time's weird. Um, I was talking to, mm. so technically Blurred of Mouth sits under the umbrella of the nameless domain, which is basically just me, myself, and I doing as much as I want and then saying that it's a group. Uh, but because of mm. the forest ending, um, we ended up having to transition a bunch of things it was a whole thing uh it didn't end i'm actually incorrect but because of the way in which like a lot of us had to transition to doing different things for a few months um another podcast called um monster fuckers anonymous um done by my friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> cleric 34 and scary dog friend uh they have their show and technically blurred of mouth and mfa exists under the same umbrella of shows that exist in the nameless domain and hilariously enough we have like nice. four other things coming so be on the lookout yeah. but i talked to uh cleric who's hispanic latino um and i was like mm -hmm. hey you should come on the show because as funny as it is blurred of mouth you know black centered another thing that we're exploring yeah. and like being very upfront about is there's no one way to be black. And that includes like mixed people. So I already was like, mm -hmm. Hey cleric, uh, when Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, there we go. When into the Spider-Verse two comes out, yeah. we should talk about that. Cause yeah. that's cool. No, and that's yeah. both educational and just a vibe. Yeah. It's yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, um, I mean, you know, one of the folks, we talk about it all the time. One of the folks that has become like one of my friends from interviews is the first person I ever interviewed that I didn't know. And that's Joe from the Maker's Misfits mm -hmm. podcast, which is a show that I really love. It's an all POC uh, Pathfinder 2E yes. podcast. Um, and the first time I heard their show, I was just, I was like excited. I was like, this exists, you know, because um, yeah, like for sure, there's not enough representation of of black folks out there or PNC POCs in general. But one thing like that I had never heard before in any form in TTRPGs was like, you know, guests with a, um, using a Mexican accent for the character. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, and so having representation of, of, of a bunch of Hispanic kids, like it was so cool to me. And I, and I, where I live in New Mexico, like I'm around a lot of Hispanic people. My wife is Hispanic, so therefore my, you know, son is half Hispanic, and so it's like, the, it to me it's such um, an an important cultural aspect of it. Um, and I definitely agree. Like, there's a lot of things that, while I am constantly looking, like, okay, what's got to improve here for um, 
for this, for black people. Um, I'm also trying to like be conscious of reaching out to other folks who are, you know, of other ethnicities and talking about like, what is your experience um, too? Cause it's, it's so important. And I think, you know, because we have platforms that we've created, like it, it's good to see that you guys are, of course you are, but to, you know, trying to reach out. <laughs> well, to we don't know people. everything just straight up. I'm the yeah. first person to be like, I don't know. Like, I don't know jack shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be so good. I am super excited. Um, you know, what, what are, do you find yourself now because like you've turned entertainment into a job? Do you find yourself like, I shouldn't watch this show yet? Has that happened to no, you? No, actually, which is like so funny <laughs> because of the way we structure word of mouth, it actually becomes a strength because there's a million things. So, Vampires versus the Bronx. Oleander had watched yeah. Vampires versus the Bronx, I had not. Okay. So there came to yeah. be this point where it was like, well, what do we do? Basically, I just watched Vampires vs. the Bronx and he rewatched it. Like, we are yeah. unafraid to rewatch something because there's there's so much media out there that I often forget. Mm. Um, and there yeah. has yet to be a point where I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't watch this because I, well, I, I rip through something and then I was like, I can go back to it if I need to or... I'll just yeah. take some notes and then talk about it later with him. Yeah, it's there's a lot. Um, you know, I, uh, I it was funny because one of the things I did like, I think before we even really like talked about me ever coming on the show was just me being like, "Hey, I want to be on your show so I could talk about yes. Luther." Yep, I haven't watched it yet. Actually, uh, that counts. Uh, it's I'm I picked so it up. If we if that's what we do for our episode, I am beyond we excited. Can. Um, I could talk about so you much. Literally stuff, can. Yeah. If gee, I, yeah. I literally, I messaged only under last week, is. and I was like, "Hey, I remember Navar said something about like Luther. Like, keep that on your docket." And thankfully, it's not that long either. I like saw it had technically six yeah. seasons because I was on Peacock, and I was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. like this is gonna be another Merlin." <laughs> and then I like actually looked, and I was like, "Oh, it's like twenty episodes, yeah. just like twenty hours max." Yeah. Which I think, like, unlike Merlin, which is like a separate kind of BBC drama, like this falls in the line of BBC dramas where it's like, we're just going to give you four episodes a season yep. and that's all Thank you get. God. But we're just not going to put commercials in it and they're going to be an hour and a half long. So, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, they did the same thing with the uh, BBC Sherlock as yes. well, which is like four episodes a season. Oh. Uh, but yeah. Good to know. That, I mean, I love detective stuff. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I love Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm pumped to watch it um and i'll definitely send you a message soon enough to like be like oh is this like is this what you want to do for sure and you're probably gonna say yes and yes i'm probably just yeah. i'm probably just gonna go watch it i'm gonna start watching it next week probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i find myself anytime i'm like looking for a gift to use on twitter i'm just like okay let's go to the idris Elba yes. gifts and yes there's so many <laughs> yeah he's a gifable dude yeah you know yeah, hard to agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so when it comes to like the TTRPG side, um, is that something like do you do you ever want to be like doing more streams? I know you're in a stream right now, like a three part stream. Yeah. Um, do you want to do um, but like any kind of like long term stuff, podcast things like that? You know, that is a question that I have been like pondering very much recently. Because for a while I stopped doing stream stuff because like I left the space that I was in and now I'm inhabiting a new space. Um, And literally just recently I looked at the group at the Nameless Domain and I said, you guys want to do a stream? Like, I know I don't really love it, but like, you guys want to do a stream? And they, everyone was like, yes, let's do a stream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I like streaming a little bit more now. It's a very, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like number three on my list because mm. I like creating. I like storytelling. Um, I, I realized that I can just do a podcast of a stream. Like I, there's options, which is something I had to like sit with. I had to sit and be like, you know, you don't have to do it like one way. Right. CJ. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. CJ, you're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am on a stream now, which has been a lot of fun, which has helped reinvigorate me uh as a like twitch performer um so i'm i'm down to be on more things if anyone like if i send an application into something and i end up doing it um but i've really i've I've 
one thing I don't, I often find myself looking at the things that I like and then like looking at the things that I consume and then realizing, Oh, I could just like kind of do that. So like, I listen to one of my favorite podcasts is a D&D, like actual play podcast, surprisingly enough, as much as I try to avoid talking about D&D. One of my, one of my <laughs> favorite things I listen to is Dungeons and Daddies um, actual yeah. play podcast. Um, and I said, oh, I can like, I can do an actual play podcast that's like not D&D and like hybridize all of the things that I'm cramming into my schedule too much already. Uh, so I started yeah. something again under the nameless domain uh, as an actual play podcast. So uh, I hope I feel like that answers the question. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so I I've listened uh, to Dungeon and Daddies, and, and in my re- most recent, that might have been my most recent episode, I talked about like falling off on it because they would have like long breaks where they just wouldn't put out an episode, and then I would just forget that the show existed. Um, and but yeah so one of the things i do remember though is freddie freddie wong telling um anthony or talking to the group and he's like you know they had this like big thing where they had all these like D dms who were like elite dms and he was like man anthony should be there and he's like you know what no <laughs> no because he, exactly he fucking does about. not care about the rules um and it's so funny like that for me Cause I would say like, I would go back and forth between like really enjoying it and then really craving like, I, I cause I do enjoy rules. Yes. Um, and, but I enjoy like comedy and banter and things like that. Like, so finding that good mix there. Um, and so f- f- when it came to Dungeons and Daddies and when it comes to like w- my show, my friends that are going to be playing here in a few, uh, like 30 minutes, Blackness and Dragons, um, Jordan is the same way of just like, whatever yeah. like if it makes the cast happy i am happy to let you do it um and um and it took me a while to like break down that part of my brain that's like but the rules, the rules. you know like navar you're you're all about semantics like this is no, yeah and it's like yeah but everybody's having fun like we're you know we're all laughing oh yeah um people try crazy shit uh and it's entertaining um and so i think it took me a little bit to like okay this is not this is not a D show even though it's yeah, kind of branded yeah. that way. Like this is just an entertaining mm-hmm. tabletop show. Yep. That's usually yeah. that's that's probably the reason I like the show because it's entertaining. Uh and yeah. <laughs> they have sixty nine they have sixty nine episodes because they just started their season two today. I have to like after I'm done here, okay. I'm gonna go finish listening to the episode. <laughs> um yeah. but they, they have sixty nine episodes. They were bi weekly, so I completely know what you meant. I think they also did like I, for some reason, ended up being on the Dungeons and Daddies train, like, from the beginning. It was literally just a weird happenstance of me clicking something, because I don't listen to a lot of actual plays, but I am getting more into watching them, which is interesting, even though I... I'm going through a lot of phases (laughs) that I never (laughs) thought I would be. Figure it all out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And they're very entertaining, but I am actually such a i'm like i'm a crunch lord when it comes to like mechanics especially because D is yeah. that mid-level crunch that like i really took to and it's the reason why i was able to sustain my interest in it for like three years because there's so yeah. many things in dungeons and dragons that for most people you they probably say oh too many rules for me i'm like I, just another like i got i got I, I don't have to hyper fixate on the same thing two days in a row <laughs> yeah no, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think when I started it, I w- it was like seven episodes in, and I was yeah. just like looking and looking and looking for like a good um, actual play podcast, and that was one that I found, and I was like, "What is this?" And I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, I was like "What is this? Yeah. Is real strange? It's strange." I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first strange, one to but say. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, just the idea. Like, I think it makes for like that premise of just like you get transported into D and D world. Um, it's something that I think would just make such a fun campaign, you know, because you don't have to like make it like Dungeons and Daddies where it's like you are playing these fictional dads or whatever, yeah. and, you know, like you can just do, you could literally just be like, all right, everybody, you know, stat yourself out. I'm going to check your stats, make mm-hmm. sure you're not cheating. And then we are putting you yes. in the world and then you wake up, get shot with an arrow, go to sleep and you're, you're healed, healed completely. Like figure that out. Like yes. go through that mental math of like, structurally i think it's like i i i really enjoy as 
you can assume I really enjoy breaking down <laughs> things and like sometimes why I enjoy yeah. them after I enjoy them. I like to be in the moment. Uh, but I, I sit yeah. with Dungeons and Daddies being such an expert, like player wise, like when it comes mm-hmm. to D and D, especially I see Dungeons and Daddies as a very like smart way of like taking something that is very crunchy and difficult sometimes to understand as a new player, like Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and saying, you get to align your knowledge, uh, your knowledge as a player with your knowledge as a character. So like, yeah, it literally, it took them a lot. It took half of the party of D- Dungeons and Daddies, like most of the game, most of the show to understand how to truly play the game. Um, yeah. Which makes uh, sense. Yeah. Like they're allowed to, they're, they're allowed as people and as player and as characters to like, not understand it fully. And like one, if you yeah. judge them, not you, but like if somebody judges them to a degree that is like di- rude, like they're an asshole, but two, it just gets to be enjoyable. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's definitely uh, just adds to that element. And, it, you know, there's so many different ways now, um, like you talked about, like actual plays are becoming entertainment. Um, you know, when it comes to like the streams, do you not like, like, because you have some reticence to it. Is it something to do with just like the the live part and just like the, I don't know, performative way of it, I guess. Yes, and. Uh, so with the stream that I'm doing, um, I actually, because it's, as a performer, it tends to be real hard. I find that it's not that bad when I'm, like, super invested in it. Um, like, like yeah. so the game that I've been doing the last few Saturdays, uh, an Urban Shadows 2E game on Stella Luna's channel. Yeah. That hasn't been that bad because, like, everyone at that table is so, like, energized and into what's going on that it's really easy mm-hmm. for me as a performer to get lost in it and be like, oh, shoot, three yeah. hours has gone by. Like, uh, <laughs> but in terms as a watcher or anything else, yeah. it can be really, really hard for me to sit yeah. there, which ends up, like, why I end up listening to, like, some podcasts over others because I can't stand mm-hmm. when something's so long. But, like, it's the nature of Dungeons and Dragons, which is why I end up not listening to a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, like actual play podcasts and whatnot, because that crunchiness um, may not translate to, for people that like know how to play the game, the crunchiness may not translate as much to like player difficulty, but it directly translates to time and like what's going on on the show. And I struggle so much to sit there for more than an hour or two hours and like be a part of something that like yeah it, it just ends up being difficult but i that's it's why like the approach that we're taking for the stream is like pre-record and then like go about it afterwards yeah it's uh they're definitely it's fascinating i think i think something that i've noticed is that streams seem to have made uh podcasting more lenient like it seems to me, because I'm very much like I enjoy a good sounding podcast. Yes. Um, but it seems like because there's so many just streams where it's just like you sound like you sound and people are going to watch it, you know, like that it's just like a lot of that has translated over to people just being like, well, yeah, but I listen to a stream, which is not clean at yeah. all, uh, which has varying levels of volume, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And, and big pauses and stuff, um, which, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever. It's just something that I've noticed uh, in the world. Um and yeah, but I hyper fixate on stuff too. So I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am curious to a uh, couple things. One, if you don't mind talking about it, like what is your degree in? Like, are you using that? Uh, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go I have a master's degree in higher education policy and student affairs. Okay. Uh, easy. The layman's is college. Like I have a degree in college student stuff like college stuff. Okay. Uh, which yeah. honestly, hilariously enough is just basically a business degree. It's basically yeah. just a okay. business degree, which I have only recently had to come to terms with. Uh, <laughs> um, and gotcha. it translates – a lot of the functional skills that I've gotten through my degree and working in higher education translates decently well to me as something akin of a freelancer or an organizer of like stuff. Like uh, I have yeah. – all of my Google calendars synced up properly, or I make sure to send things to people twice, or I'm a lot more lenient because uh, I, I I take charge on a lot of the projects that I want to do or else they won't get done. Um, yeah. 
and that's been able to translate really well or like the things or the business side of like maybe ttrpgs that doesn't get talked about as much i have like an okay grasp on some of that stuff already like stakeholders yeah. in a kickstarter or something no yeah that's good i think it's it's interesting to see like the uh paths people have taken to get here um and I mean, it's so new, right? Like careers in TTRPGs to this level that we're seeing people try to go after it um, seems to be a very, very new oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a bunch of like uh, old heads and then a bunch of like, <laughs> you know, folks like 23, 25 years old. And we're just like out here just kicking ass. So, um, no, that's super cool. And then my other question I wanted to ask you too, um, because we talked a little bit about, about like some of the, uh, kind of uh what's the word the inherent biases that that you saw so like when was the first time that you had a black dm dm gm whatever is it was it noir in this past couple weeks i think maybe because i'm trying to no 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 my friend dm'd a fear itself game uh my second or third i think it was my second or third like streamed game ever was fear itself uh, on the ephemeral forest and she's a black trans woman who like gm'd the game for us uh okay. which was cool and so technically i guess she would be my first yeah yes yes her and then noir <laughs> Sue. <laughs> no that's cool um i think it, yeah it's similar like i was talking about i think it's just nice now like there's because it sounds like you really, you know, have a lot of love for the, the games, for the players that you that you've had before. Um, but I think it's nice now that we're in a place where it's like, like we talked about, you know, with so many creators and you know this community of POCs that are kind of coming together around one thing or another in the spaces. Um, that you know, there's more of us now that we can reach out and be like, hey, we're already doing everything, you know digitally anyway like <laughs> you want to run some games and hang out mm-hmm. and you know so yeah i i love it it's good to see yeah yeah well um i think that's where we'll end it um but i you know i'm so excited to finally have you on um yeah. even though i know it's only been a short amount of time it's just like instantly i was like okay cj and oleander are people i will connect yes. with um and i'm super excited uh to to have gotten to meet you so. yeah Thank you so much. This has been a great time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Um, Yeah. Everybody check out Blurred Mouth wherever you pod. Go follow them on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter. You'll be able to find majority of the things that I do. I am on that app too much. (laughs) And if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably heard me talk about them. So um, yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite shows. It's so good. Um, And I'm, again, super excited for everything that comes. So. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 